You know, there are a handful of moments that, that each of us have in our lives. I was reading one time that uh, they said that there's about six moments in our life that really define our lives, that really, um, that really make up who we are. Now, we all can think about the moments in our lives, the moments that, that shaped us. I, I was deeply shaped on August 18, 2000, when I married CC, and so we're coming up on, on 22 years. Many of you have been, uh, thank you, um, shaped by moments in your life. There was one actually 60 years ago today, a moment that happened in somebody's life that deeply shaped them. Without the moment today, 60 years ago, this person wouldn't be here today. And he's looking around, getting tapped on the shoulder. It's Dan Raya's birthday today, 60 years old. Dan, stand up, stand up so we can see what 60 looks like. There we go. 60 years old. I told somebody today, um, we'll sing to you later. Um, I told somebody today that, uh, that you're 60. And someone was like, there's no way that he's 60 years old. He looks 50. So there you go. Take that as a compliment. Um, another thing that happened uh, 24 years ago tomorrow... Ann Lucas, right there. Now, where's your husband, Jeff? Where'd he go off to? Where's he? Oh, he's behind, he's behind Big Mike. You guys stand up. So go ahead, stand up. 24 years ago, they were married. I feel like I need a, a, a glass, like I want to tink the glass and have you guys kiss. That would be great to you. In church? I've been numerous times in church standing up here where people kiss and like, hey. You know, so... 24 years ago today, a moment that transformed their lives. We all have moments that transform our lives. We can look back and even think like a moment, it could have been a marriage, it could have been a birth, it could have been the birth of a child, it could have been the time when Jesus really got a hold of your heart. It could have been a time where there was an impossible situation in your life, and then all of a sudden the impossible became possible and your life was transformed. There are moments in our lives that deeply shape us. And at the core of Christianity is this moment that we are celebrating today, the resurrection of Jesus. See, this moment was so central, so central to early Christians, it completely transformed their message. Their message went from their message was, was one of the tomb is empty. All the way through Acts, this is the central message that they proclaimed. They would say, like, God, like, you killed the, the author of life. You killed Jesus, but God raised him from the dead. And on top of it, this message wasn't debated. People weren't, like, saying, eh, I don't know if they, he really rose. No, they accepted the reality that the resurrection was real, that Jesus, after being in the grave for three days, walked right out. One of my favorite moments from The Passion of Christ, of the Christ, that, that movie that Mel Gibson put out years ago, is frankly the last scene. After two plus hours of Jesus getting beaten up and you see him on the cross, there is a short little scene at the very end where you see his grave clothes just laying there without a body and he walks right out. I'm like, that is so cool. The power of Christ, the power of God to raise his son Jesus from the dead is at the very center of our faith. And the question that I have for all of us today is, are we living like, or how is the, the, the resurrection of Jesus transforming our lives? 
How has the resurrection of Jesus transformed every part of our lives? I want to read the account from Luke chapter 24. And if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there. We're going to read the first 12 verses of Luke 24. It says this, and the words will be up on the screen as well. It says, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. That was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and the other woman with, with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, nonsense, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. I mean, we get this picture of the resurrection, that the early the first day of the week. Here were these women who, who went to the tomb, and there upon getting to the tomb, they saw the stone had been rolled away, and they went inside, and they didn't see the body of Jesus Christ. And then angels appeared. And they asked that question, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. He told you this was going to happen. He actually did it. And then they hurried back. They went back. And I can imagine the excitement that they had to go back to tell the, the 12 or the 11. And they, they were hurrying back. And they were like, they're going to they're gonna be amazed. They're gonna, they're, they won't be able to believe it. This is absolutely amazing. And they came back. And it says that their words seemed like an idle tale. And that hit me this week. In light of this, this very central event, this moment in, in, in history that is at the very core of Christianity, at this moment, the, the eleven, it said it seemed that this story, this was just an idle tale. It was like nonsense to them. And I wonder, are we living that same way? Are we living our lives like the resurrection has really like transformed us? Or are we living like the resurrection is just an idle tale? Fast forward 20 years later. There were a group of people in Corinth. And there was this, this rumor that was going around. This belief that was going around. That Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. They were questioning the resurrection of Jesus. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he says this in verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 15. He says, but in fact, Christ has raised from the dead. I mean, I think that's a powerful verse. Powerful verse. Paul is saying, but in fact, Christ has raised from the dead. Now, we see that, and it says, but in fact, and we're like, okay, that is just pretty common language. But here Paul is doing something very unique. There were two words that were commonly used 
when they were using the word but in the New Testament. There were two words. One was a small difference. The other was a larger contrast. But here Paul does not use either of those words. He uses this phrase. He put two words together and he, puts, he writes this. He says, Nuni day. Everybody say Nuni day. Nuni day. It, it doesn't really translate as, but Jesus rose from the dead. No, it translates this. Are you kidding me? This is the best news ever. It gets lost in translation, but Paul to the church in Corinth is saying, you are doubting the resurrection of Christ, but indeed Christ did raise from the dead. This is the best news possible, and this should transform every part of our lives. He's saying it with so much excitement. Are you kidding me? This is the best news. And I wonder, do we live that way, not just on Easter Sunday, but every day of the year? The resurrection is a big deal. The resurrection transformed all of history, transformed our lives. Christ is risen. But here are three things that I want to share this morning. Three things, if the resurrection didn't happen, this is what reality would be like. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15. I want to read just a couple verses. If the resurrection is an idle tale... Paul says this, if you, don't, if you doubt the resurrection, he first off says in verse 15, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17, sorry, says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. If there is no resurrection, if the resurrection is just this nice idle tale, this, this nonsense, then we are still stuck in our sins. Without the resurrection, we are still guilty. We are still guilty of our sins and deserving punishment. And if the resurrection isn't real, Jesus is just another religious leader that made promises that he didn't follow through on. If the resurrection isn't real, then we are without hope. I love the words out of Ephesians 2. We start with this picture of, of what life is without the resurrection. And the Apostle Paul says this, he says, You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom you once lived, carrying out the passions of your flesh, carrying out the desires of your body and mind, and you were, like the rest of mankind, children of wrath. I mean, without the resurrection, that's where we're stuck. We are dead. We are deserving wrath. We are enslaved to the ways of this world. But God did, in, feet, in fact, raise Christ from the dead. Nuni day. This is the best news. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved all of us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Why? So that in the coming ages, these ages that we're in right now, people may see the immeasurable greatness of his grace and kindness towards us who believe. It's by grace that we have been saved through faith. It is not of our own doing. It is a gift of God. See, without the resurrection, we're still stuck in our sins. But with the resurrection, there is a possibility of being forgiven and receiving new life with the resurrection, because of the resurrection, because of what we're experiencing and celebrating today, your past doesn't have to be your future. 
2 Corinthians 5 says this, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. He or she is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. That is the beauty and the powerful, power, powerfulness of the gospel to transform any life. I love the picture that we see on Good Friday again where there, is, there are two thieves on, the side of, on either side of Jesus being crucified. One is, is mocking Jesus, like, get us down from here. You can save us. And the other is saying to the other thief, saying, we deserve this punishment. And then he turns to Jesus and he says, remember me when you get into your kingdom. And Jesus says to him, oh, today, today you will be with me in paradise. This criminal goes from being a criminal being killed on a cross to being a partaker and a member of God's kingdom through the blood of Jesus. That is the power of the cross to transform a life. Have you put your faith in Jesus? Are you living like the resurrection is an idle tale? And if you are, you're still stuck in your sins. But if not, if you believe in the power of the resurrection, but in fact Christ did raise from the dead, there is new life, and we should be celebrating not only today, but every single day, because we don't have to go to a temple somewhere to sacrifice another goat, because once and for all, the sacrifice of Jesus has covered all of our sins, and that is worth celebrating. Because of the resurrection, we can be forgiven. But also, without the resurrection, Paul goes on to say, without the resurrection, there is no future. I want to keep reading in 1 Corinthians 15. It says, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, futile and you're still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life, only we are of all people most to be pitied. I mean, this is a very depressing statement. Without the resurrection, this is it. This is all life is. And those who have died in Christ, those who believed in Christ, you know what? Without the resurrection, they're just lost. We don't know where they're at. They're just gone, Paul is saying. And without the resurrection, we're fools because we've wasted our lives. And without the resurrection, this is it. We just get one chance and then, poof, we're gone. But then Paul says, noonie day, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. There is more to come. And because of that, we know where all of history is headed. See, later in 1 Corinthians 15, it says Christ is the first fruits, meaning what happened to Jesus being raised from the dead will happen to us who believe. Because Christ Jesus raised from the dead, we see a picture of what is to come. Death is not the end. And we know where all of history is headed. 1 Corinthians 15 goes on to say, One day in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the trumpet will sound, Jesus will return, and the dead in Christ will be raised. This mortal body, our mortal bodies that are wasting away, will, be put, will put on immortality, and we will see Jesus face to face. And in that last day, death will be destroyed forever. See, what does that mean for us today? Death is coming for all of us. Death is a reality unless Jesus returns before we die. But for those who have put their faith in Jesus, Scripture says their soul, when they go from this life to the next, their soul is present with the Lord. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But one day, Christ will return. And the dead in Christ will be raised first. And our bodies will be risen. Yes, we will have these heavenly bodies. We will be able to hug loved ones as we worship Jesus. And death will be swallowed up 
in victory. See, there is a day as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, we know where all of life is going. There is a day when we will see him face to face, when death will be no more, sickness will be no more, there will be no more car accidents, there will be no more cancer, there will be no more kids getting sick, everybody will be, there will be wholeness and health, and we will see Jesus face to face. There is so much hope, so much hope because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we have a future. I have had the opportunity to sit by people as they are on their deathbed. People who have loved Jesus dearly. And there is a peace as they are sitting there towards the end of of this life. I see Nancy here. She's doing sign language. Let's see if she signs this. I'm going to talk about her. (laughs) Seeing Jeff on his deathbed. And then going up Going and meeting his Savior face to face this past February. We were just talking. Jeff is more alive today than he was when he walked this earth because of Jesus. And this is his first Easter where he is seeing Jesus face to face and worshiping the one who is alive and reigning and ruling. And for us who are followers of Jesus, that is what awaits us. And I would dare say Jeff is more alive today than when he was when he walked this earth, all because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we have a future. Because of the resurrection, we have hope. And because of the resurrection, without the resurrection, we actually have no focus, no purpose. But because of the resurrection, we have a mission. We have purpose today. There's a reason why we are here, and that is to proclaim the excellencies of the one who rescued us from darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his marvelous light. See, the thing that I love about Easter. I love because we see really the day that Jesus arose from the dead. He went on this this interesting journey. See, after he appeared, or actually, yeah, after he rose, says that he went on a walk. He joined two who were walking away from Jerusalem. Two people who were on an Emmaus road, on the road to Emmaus. Two who had hope that Jesus was the one. And Jesus came alongside of them and, and he was walking with them and he said, what has happened recently? And they tell them the story. They tell Jesus the story. And in that story, they said, we have hoped that he was the one who was going to come and redeem Israel. And for seven miles, seven miles, Jesus walked with them. And he told them the stories of the Old Testament and told them in such a way how they pointed to him. But all along this journey, his eyes, their eyes, were closed to recognizing who he was. And after seven miles, it says that that their eyes were opened and they were able to see Jesus for who he was. And they invited him into the house and, and they had a meal and then boom, he was gone. But the thing that I love about this story is because on the day that Jesus rose from the dead, what did he do? He walked after those who had walked away, those who had given up hope, those who were broken, those who were lost. Jesus spent seven miles walking with them, talking with them. And in that picture, I believe we see the purpose of our life. 
The purpose of our life is to, to go after those who have walked away. Go after those who are broken. Go after those who are hurting and proclaim to them and tell them the hope that we have found in Jesus, that the tomb is empty, that there is a possibility of new life. See, each of us in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a mission, you have a purpose. I don't care if you're a, a truck driver or a teacher, if you're a plumber or a priest or a, a doctor or just do DoorDash. I don't really care. You have a purpose. First Peter says this, that you belong to God. Why? So that you can proclaim the excellencies of the one who's brought you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we have a purpose. Are you living into it? The beautiful thing is the tomb's empty. But the tomb is empty every day. Jesus is alive every day. And because of the resurrection, everything has changed. We have hope. We have new life. We know where this world is going so we can walk around with confidence because of who Jesus is. This week I came across a quote from a man named G.B. Hardy. And as we wrap up, I want to challenge all of us to live like the resurrection is real. Not just today, but every single day. G.B. Hardy says this. He said, when I looked at religion, I had two questions. One, has anyone ever conquered death? And two, if they have, did they make a way for me to conquer death? And he said, I checked the tomb of Buddha and it was occupied. I checked the tomb of Confucius and it was occupied. I checked the tomb of Muhammad and it was occupied. But then I came to the tomb of Jesus and it was empty. And then he said, there is one who's conquered death. Then he asked the second question, did he make a way for me to do it? Then he opened up the Bible and discovered that Jesus said, because I live, you also shall live. This morning, I want to ask each one of us, do we believe that? Do you believe that? Not intellectually, because Scripture even says that the demons believe in Jesus. But I'm saying, do you believe it in your heart? Have you trusted in Jesus alone for your salvation? We all in this room are sinners. We sin on a daily basis. And the only way that we can have hope, the only way that we can be saved is to put our faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. It's by grace only that we've been saved. Have you accepted that free gift of salvation? Have you trusted Jesus with your heart? If you haven't, you're still stuck in your sins. But the beautiful thing is that if we receive him, we have the right to become children of God. Do you believe this? Do you believe this in the depths of your heart? Even if you've, you've grown up in the church, do you believe this in your heart and have you surrendered completely to him? And that would be my second question. Have you surrendered completely to Jesus, the one who gave up everything for you? Have you gone all in on Jesus? And this is where I would ask you, like Jesus says, believe in me and be baptized. One of the first things that Jesus asks us to do as his followers is to be baptized, is to say, you know what? I am identifying my life with his death, being going down in baptism, and I'm identifying with his new life, being raised to new life in Christ. Have you taken that step of obedience? Have you been baptized 
since you put your faith in Jesus? Have you surrendered all to him? Now you might ask, well, I was baptized as an infant. And I would say this, that is a great thing that your parents did. Looking forward to the one day when you would give your life to Jesus, when you would make your faith your own. And so I would encourage you and challenge you to identify with the Lord Jesus by being obedient to his call to be baptized. And if you would like to, I'd invite you just to simply email me, dave at restorationchurch.church, and we can set up a time. We can go to Cold Lake, Michigan or something. That would be great. Or in my hot tub in my backyard. That would be a little bit better. But I'm serious in this. Have you surrendered all to King Jesus? There is this transition that has to be made from, yes, he is my Savior, to he's my Lord. Have you surrendered all? And then the third question, are you living a lukewarm life? Are you celebrating the beauty of the resurrection without daily dying to self and living wholeheartedly for him? See, that's where Jesus says life is. If we lose our life, we will find it. The beauty of the resurrection is that we get to live it out on a daily basis. And in that, find life. And I feel that some today are just tiptoeing their life, tiptoeing into Christianity, into following Jesus. And his invitation to you today is to go all in. And so as the worship team comes up, if you would like to pray with anybody, if you'd like to talk to anybody, we're going to have people in the lobby and everybody's going to be standing anyway and you can just slip out and, and talk or pray with somebody over any of those three questions. Do you believe in Jesus? Have you uh, trusted him with your entire life? Would you like to surrender all to him today, be baptized? Or even maybe the third thing, you need to confess that you've been living a lukewarm life. If during this time of worship, if you would like to do any of that, you could slip out and pray with somebody and talk with somebody in the lobby. No one will know you're doing that. You're just maybe going to the bathroom, you know, but you're going to go talk to somebody. But I would like all of us to stand and continue just to celebrate the truth that the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. So thank you, Father. Oh, thank you for the hope that we have in you. Thank you that, that it is so true that you raised Jesus from the dead, that he is alive. May we live every day like Paul who says, Nooney day, but in fact Christ has been raised. This is the best news ever. May we live every day devoted to you. Wholehearted devotion. May we live with so much joy knowing that our sins have been forgiven, knowing that we're a new creation in Christ. May we live every day knowing the, the hope that we have in the future. That one day we will see you face to face. That death doesn't have the final word that we will go from this life to the next and worship you forever and ever and ever. But also may today, we live every day wholeheartedly for you, telling people of the hope that we have found in you, Jesus. And so to that end even, may you break our heart for those who don't know you. May you give us a compassion, a, a desire, a, a hunger to go after those who are without hope and lost in this world. How oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the life that we have in you. In your name we pray.